1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
0: Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499-736-736.
2: Welcome to the Friday form panel. Jay bot the chair. Gareth Hall has left me a nice warm chair. He's a very warm man. He's a warm and loving character, my man Gareth Hall. And Dan Molligie and I are spoilt for choice out this weekend. We've got Tabcourt Park Mountain tonight. Some great races there. And Geelong Cup Night at Beckley Park tomorrow night. Dan, I don't know whether we flip a coin. I mean, I, th- I think we start with Geelong and get through that and then go to some of the heavy hitting races tonight. Are you comfortable with that?
1: Yeah, you lead the way.
2: That's a dangerous thing to. I don't know. I True. Don't, I don't know if you know what you say there, Dan.
1: When you say yeah, no, that, yeah, no, I might regret that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. I think you're clever enough to let me lead the way, and then if I get into trouble, you'll just make a right or left hand turn out of the, um, out of the uh, the path of the danger. Um, it's going to be a great weekend, isn't it? I, I, I must say, uh, and I don't know whether you agree. Maybe you don't. Maybe maybe the idea of uh, having two big nights is even more enticing. I. I I think, personally, I'm a fan of, if you're going to have a a, um, a Country Cup night on a Saturday night, that should be the Metropolitan night of the week, but ultimately, it's left us with a, an embarrassment of riches in terms of the quality over both nights this
1: weekend. Uh, it is. I mean, some of the programs are diluted a little bit because there's a few fe- feature races tonight and also for tomorrow night, but... Um, Mooney Valley are doing it, aren't they, with their uh, uh, the Gallops weekend? So um, why not uh, with ours as well? And it spreads the love.
2: Let's get all pumped up, right? We'll start with race one at Beckley Park. We'll get through the nine, and then we'll duck back and have a look at a couple of the uh, very good races at Tabcourt Park, at Melton tonight. Um, this was an extremely difficult race, and I don't even have uh, prices available to me right now. I might have to get to a, a different site if you know what I'm saying. But Candy's uh, Butterfly was. The one that I had on top, 1,609 metres, up to 50 a fair. And this is where the dilution kicks in because it's uh, not the strongest race, but there will be a winner. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the one thing that I can nearly guarantee is where, whenever they settle into their roles, they, there won't be a lot of pressure in this opening event tomorrow night at Beckley Park, Dan.
1: Yeah, I look, it was a tricky race as well. I thought um, there's not really anything that I'm discarding here. It's hard to work out how the race will be run. River Patrol's probably a good chance of leading, but is it strong enough uh, in this type of a lineup? Uh, that I don't know. Um, initially, it tipped in as a night, but it's out. Um, look, then I was left with the 11, which is going to be tricky from the draw Dens Town, but Yol's uh, making a habit of winning these types of races. Uh, Ten friends, I think it's going well. Nine, Nicole's Cruiser. Didn't deliberately think the second line horses were better. It was just the way that... You know, we talked about last time, there are some races that come to you quickly. You can sort them out fast, one or two replays, and then you look at another and you think, well, it's going to take a bit of time here. i um, will better wait till I'm on my third brandy or scotch and uh, it might help me. And that was one of those races, I must admit. And, and it was, I found it the too hard basket. But that's good. So everybody that goes there would think that there's a, a chance of figuring. Um, I couldn't really sort it out with any confidence, but I've tipped 11, 10, 9, and 6.
2: And I've gone completely different. I've gone uh, at the... Uh, the top end of the numbers one, four, three, and five. Isn't it funny how that that third scotch just uh, loosens up the mind a little bit, and the intuition sometimes when you're doing the form down, and you can you can just see through the form a little bit. It's like a, it's like one of those seeing eye type situations where you can see through the form a little easier.
1: Well, they refer to it often as Dutch courage. You know, say the things or think the things you would not normally think. It's just that when you're having your third scotch and you've done it. When you're sober enough or without the Dutch courage the next day, you can't remember what the thought process was <laughs> that made you go that way.
2: <laughs> I was really confident, though, I remember that. Very confident. Um, let's move on to race two before we go to our first break on the Friday form panel. Uh, in races two and three, we have former Kiwis rocking up for major stables, and here it's Where's the Goal. Tim O'Connor from Harness Racing Victoria has uh, resumed his... Uh, Journey and Trot's ownership. Big fella uh, will be listening, no doubt about it. He's one of the regular listeners and a a key member of the SEN Track family. Um, He's also in the part ownership of Where's the Gold, and I've got a very good feeling they're going to start this journey in a a positive manner here, Dan.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I I guess uh, the addition of both Where's the Gold and I am because of you. Um, well, they're the two horses we don't know, but they're likely to start first and second favourite. Um, I think Where's the Gold's the one. Emma Stewart's got a number of horses over the course of the weekend that we either haven't seen before or haven't seen much of in her care. But... Uh, She had one that won at uh, Melton very impressively on Monday. And look, this horse has got decent form in New Zealand. It's not as if he comes here and you're thinking, well, if it improves six lengths with Emma Stewart, which it could well do, it's going to be hard to beat. This horse wouldn't really have to improve. I think he's got the form on the board to suggest he's got a deal of ability. He hasn't had uh, a, a long career to date, 13 starts. There's every chance that he's still on the way up and naturally going to Emma Stable. Uh, you would expect that there is improvement to come. So he was the logical tip. I am, because of you, I am um, uh, respectful of. It's, it's travelled around a bit. Um, first start with with Julie Douglas, and again, another stable that can really get the best out of horses. Uh, then Major Major Modern Bliss, um, who might take a trial, but um, Major Major's going well enough to be a serious threat. If you wanted to go with the devil you know, as opposed to the devil you don't, Major Major might represent that value. But we're working off... Uh, a canvas without uh, fixed odds uh, at the moment. Um, but so, where's the gold? Seriously, it could come up a dollar twenty, or it could be a dollar ninety-five. I'm really not sure what it's going to uh, open up at, but um, it's my tip: six, seven, two, and one.
2: I'm going six, two, one, and seven. I've marked it a dollar eighty, but I've got a, I've got a really good feeling that they're just going to open at a dollar thirty or a dollar forty. And uh, big fellow who's in the ownership. Morning, Mr. Bonington and Dan. Bloody hell, Jason. Where are these prices for Saturday night harness racing? Lol have a ripper, yeah they the uh, the traders in the uh, the bookies like to concentrate on one thing at a time apparently this is this might have been a little bit too much a little bit too overwhelming for them to look at the Cox plate and the Melton racing tonight and everything else and come up with prices and they uh, they certainly haven't done it major major I've got in for second I, he's a bit of a funny horse I reckon uh Dan and uh, uh John Hawks in the in the part ownership of major major you get the feeling and Jeff Webster's has given me the indication that He's got a reasonable degree of ability, and he sort of he toys with horses at home that make him seem like a good horse. He's just one of those horses when he gets to the races, he switches it on and off a bit.
1: Yeah, look, he's talented. There's no doubt about that, and I think he's going well, which is important. And he's got the good draw, and um, we've got to be careful not to uh, underestimate his chances here. Um, if we had a market to work with, we could. Um, be uh, better versed on what we considered value for him. But he could well come up at, at over the odds as a result. It could go the other way also. Um, and if uh, it does win, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be the first winner that John Hawks has had on Coxplate Plate Day or night.
2: No, it's very true. One of my uh, one of my old favourites, and many people's old favourites, the uh, big O octagonal. What was it, I'm going to say 95? Does that
1: sound right or is that wrong? Uh, yeah, 96 maybe. Oh, um, yeah. But it was around that time, just beating Mahogany, um, caught up with a great man, uh, Greg Hall, last night. Uh, we were talking about um, uh, Mahogany and how good he was and uh, how good that particular race was. Uh, 95, now you're spot on. It is 95. 96 was Dane Ripper, I think. Anyway, uh, that's, what, that, that, that's where that third squad comes into play.
2: Green six was, uh, might and power. Um, but, but I, uh, we, Greg, how is Greggy all doing out yeah, the, the great men? The the only thing I'll never forgive uh, him for is, uh, well, I jumped up at the same time as he did in the Melbourne Cup when it appeared that Doremus had defeated might and power. Um, but how is Greggy Is he doing well?
1: Oh, I look, you know, he can tell a story or two. There's no doubt about that. He, uh, he was uh, telling us stories of uh, how we got the ride on on Superimpose and uh, and and Sub Zero, the Association, and uh, the Merlin Golden Slipper win where we got fined fifty thousand dollars and. Uh uh, he had some good stories to tell. Uh, that's for sure. He kept everybody entertained. And, um, yeah, Oct- the Octagonal beat uh, Mahogany in 1995. Um, and uh, it was Saintly, 96, Dane Ripper, 97, that's and Might right. and Power, in 98. That's so right. there you go.
2: There you go. What a wonder! that was uh, an era where I don't think I cared about much else in life other than thoroughbred racing. Now, I don't care about much else other than – Harness racing and uh, and a couple of other things. Uh, Desi G, if you're listening, I care about you as well. Right, time for a break. We'll come back. More Friday Form Panel straight after this with Dan Malaghi and Jay Bond. Good back to the Friday Form Panel
0: on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736.
2: Don't play that emo stuff on my uh, Friday form panel. Blink 182. Jeez. Spare me, Tom Bank. Uh, right, we're two races down. We've got another Kiwi that's going to be at a short quote, and I very much like the look of this fellow. It's a winning combination. John Wilkinson and his merry band of partners are happy to go across to New Zealand and and source a horse. Uh, give it to Brent Lilly, and they generally go well. Messini stands out as... Uh, one of the very best, if not the very best, i have done that with. But Hugo Maguire, I'm sure you've gone back and watched the Kiwi Replays. Looks a, a very nice customer, I think, Dan.
1: Yeah, indeed, uh, Jason. And finds a really good race, I think, for him first up in Australia. Um, winning his last uh, two starts. And um, he's had that a little bit of a break in between, so he could come into this race with improvement uh, still to come out of it. But uh, I think that's, uh, that's positive because he, uh, he, he finds that right race to kick off his... Uh, Australian campaign and with the with a new connection, so uh, he was my pick in the race again. Uh, a bit hard to work out what price he might be. I'm I'm suspecting he's going to be in the red, but um, you sort of never can tell nowadays. We, you get a bit of a shock, and before you realise it, the six dollars is into a dollar eighty before you can blink. So, mm. not to say that he's going to open up that sort of price, but I I, I put him on top. Uh, I like. What I have seen in New Zealand, uh, my ultimate Jacko is a pretty handy horse, so he'll be stiff enough opposition. He's been most consistent, and in some good races against decent opposition, I uh, thought he was the logical threat. Andaman Bay, and made a hole in my pocket six five four three.
2: I've gone six five at two and four. I think that Hugo Maguire. I think I think there was a time. Oh, gee, it must have been a fair while ago now, a couple of years ago now, where they probably weren't as clever about. Um, about being super conservative with these first starters across from New Zealand, but I feel like those days are gone, aren't they, Dan? We we really, we really get more than we deserve in life when it comes to tr- trying to uh, sneak a profit out of the. Uh, I think it'll be about a. I I think this one will genuinely be about a dollar twenty or a dollar thirty, Hugo Maguire, because um, I'm not saying they go back and probably watch the replays in the same way we do, but um, just looking at, looking at the fact that he's won his last couple, I think that it will be enough for them. Brent Lilly. Uh, former kiwi i think they 'll um i don 't think they 'll do us any favors here put it that way
1: no i I, I tend to agree with you um that that 's the case but you, you also need to be careful at times and and similarly with the 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 shorty in race number two in where 's the gold um I guess we 've seen them race in new zealand, so we 've got a an idea of their ability, but just because we 've got an idea of their ability doesn 't mean a dollar twenty is going to be. Uh, the right price and could still well be unders and it doesn't necessarily mean they can't win just because they're unders either
2: no 100 it's i think you've got to be a little bit careful maybe um little skinny exotics i reckon or playing through the early quaddy uh is the easiest way probably to back those horses and if one of them happens to go under well you haven't done the kind of damage you've done if you've decided to have a massive two-leg multi or just back them straight out at ridiculously short odds um very quickly before we go to the next break. Uh, I just wanted to discuss the the Inter Dominion sponsorship deal with uh, with SEN Track, and um, pu- putting SEN Track itself to one side, I think having an association with a broadcast partner for the Inter Dominion is going to um, is going to work wonders. For this series, because we know it's the most iconic series in Australasian harness racing, but to be able to get that promotion that sort of links up all the way through between now and when we get to the, to the grand final in early December, I think it's going to be really crucial, Dan.
1: Oh, look, any, any sponsorship, any partnership deal is is important. We're only, what, a month away from the first round of heat, so it was important. Um, and uh, well done to SCN Track to, to come on board. Uh, and hopefully the, the, the series can be more prominent than I think it's been in the last few years. It's... Uh, um, a race series that was pretty important to me, and I think all harness racing enthusiasts. And uh, it's in an area now that we're all pushing for it to make a bit of a uh, a comeback. I think, and and have it on the stage as either the premier or one of the premier harness races in uh, Australia. Um, it's it's on the cusp, so this is important. So uh, yeah, good on your team there at Sen.
2: I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be massive, and I know this is easier said than done. But before we go to a break we got to double the prize money for the final. That's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, there's there's ways and ideas and innovations, but basically it, it it can't be sitting where it is because it is the biggest name and the biggest brand in Australasian Harness Racing, the Inter-Dominion Series. Break time, we'll come back and have a look at race four from Beckley Park tomorrow night at Shalong Pacing Cup night. Welcome back to the
0: Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736.
2: form panel. Uh, Embarrassment of riches, as mentioned, Friday and Saturday night. Big races. We're concentrating first on the Saturday night. Dan Malecki, the legend, the myth, the man is on the other end of the line and um, this is a great little uh, uh, initiation from uh, a joint venture between Geelong and Warrigal, the Lang Trot final. Uh, No club's been more passionate, I don't think, about memorialising the legendary family. Uh, Graham and Gavin, of course, who we lost, unfortunately, In relatively quick succession, not too long ago. It's a nice race, and it might be a Lang that wins the Lang trot final, I think, here, Dan.
1: Yes, yeah. On what we saw at Warrigal with Rogue Gentleman, uh, he was a dashing winner. Uh, 20 plus metres he he scored by. Um, He's uh, only a four year old, but uh, gee, he was impressive, wasn't he, at at Warrigal. So, on what we saw there, I think he's got to be the horse to beat um, quite clearly. Um, with Chris Lang and I'm sure as you just mentioned uh, to win this race would be pretty special um, So, and I think he, he should be able to um, others with chances I think the girls got flares going much better I mean her figure form is actually not too bad but I thought her run the other day was really good working hard and stuck on well it is a stand remember so a couple of these could be out of play early, but having said that, a lot of them have had enough experience where it shouldn't be as, uh, as big a concern. Uh, others with chances, I thought, were Elder Baron Misty and Elder Baron Bell was good last start as well, but I had no trouble uh, picking Rogue Gentleman on top, the five, Dangers seven, nine and two.
2: I've gone five, seven, eight and four as uh, Gareth all just wanders into the uh, studio. Well, it's his studio. This is the Giddy Up studio. He's just... Having a quick squeeze through my form guide, if you, 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 there's the better one, if you want, Gareth, five, seven, eight, and four for me. I do think that Rogue Gentleman will be winning track record breaker at Warragul. It was a massive win. First up for Chris Lang, so he'll presenting he'll be presenting himself the Lang Trot final. Trophy if he's able to win, which will be a wonderful scene there at Beckley Park, my home. Alderbaran uh, Misty, I think he is the major danger. Uh, it's always had a fair bit of ability for Jeff Webster, Ryan Duffy to take the steer. Captain McCraw's got ability, made a mistake in uh, in its qualifier for this series. And number four, Carneta has been around for a long time, but he's rarely a million moles from the mark. So my numbers are five, seven, eight and Four we might just have a, a quick look, but we, we won't do the tips. But this Haraz des Structure's McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup at Group 3 level. Um, I won't ask for your tip yet, Dan, because we've got to go to the news in about a minute and a half. But it's a very, very good race and a very, very open race.
1: Yeah, although there was one horse in particular that really caught the eye first up, um, giving the the tip away that uh, I, I couldn't help but be attracted to. Um, it's like a magnet, Uh but you're right. A typical stand start races, and that's what we've got to keep in in mind. Remember that it is a stand, and whatever your thoughts could have been, could all be out the window very quickly. But um, yeah, we will dissect that race shortly.
2: So we, I, I, now you've uh, now you've given away the ending of the movie at the uh, the start. Dan, tell us, we've actually got prices. Would you believe it's a miracle? Yeah. It's an absolute miracle. We've got prices for this race. Is the two dollars sixty currently available? About that runner that you've mentioned, one overall. Is that good enough for you. I marked it around that quote. It's one of those weird situations where I marked it 250 but I'd almost be able to back it at 260. I didn't need massive overs for this one. Are you yeah. in the same
1: boat? Pretty much but it is a stand as well um, but yeah you're right. I, I think he's the horse to beat. You can still find something else at odds like a Cooke or even a Peaks Luck but I think one overall he sort of picked himself.
2: We've still got a little bit more to talk about with that race and we will do so straight after the news that's the hard out music back in a moment. Friday form panel Winding up your Friday morning after Giddy Up with Gareth Hall and into trackside, and hopefully we're finding winners for you for tomorrow night, but we'll also duck back and find some for tonight a little bit later on. Stick with us. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with
0: Jason Bonington on SEN Track.
2: 975. 1975, um... That Liz Trust story is just unbelievable. I think she was in power for about 12 hours. Um, God bless. Great achievement. Race five, first leg of the quad. We've already sort of... Well, I'm on the same page as you, Dan. Uh, this one overall, I, I got w- what I thought was way ahead of myself when he went on a bit of a killing spree uh, early last preparation and thought he was really something special, and then the wheels fell off. But that run first up was the run of a horse who... Um, has top line potential, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. And he showed that uh, through the course uh, of the early part of his last preparation as well. Um, Yeah, he's a good horse and he's come back in really good order. That was a a 26 690 metre trip first up, good race, uh, and he hit the line hard. I mean, the, the Sugars Tub Stable are going so well at the moment um, with everything they've done with their new property, their business, the the quality of horse that they've got, and, and the way they, they continue to improve. And as they've got to know this horse uh, more, he's continued to get better. Um, I think he's clearly the horse to beat. He's not unbeatable because it is a stand, but he's the horse to beat. Uh, there are a couple of others that I'd be suggesting you, you, you would have to put into the quaddie. And they include, well, we, we could never really leave out uh, a horse like uh, Baltica, for example. Mm. Um, and also, uh, well-defined, I thought was a good run the other day, yeah. Jace. Yep. Uh, and at good odds. Like, I, I really like that run. It comes out of the, uh, a similar form lines with Parisian RT winning at Swan L, but also the, uh, the race at... Um, uh Maryborough as well so I'd be throwing uh if it's the B quaddy or the secondary Quaddy, be throwing well defined in and certainly Baltica who's just so consistent uh so I thought they were some of the key chances here but uh my on top selection six is one overall from 10 Baltica nine well defined and, and even Kukulain's going well but I think it's important that he steps away and sits handy
2: I've gone six, twelve, at ten and two. Just with respect for hopeful beauty, first up from a break off ten meters. Um, uh, only second crack at the stand. There are reasons four dollars twenty seems. Well, I'm marked at four fifty, but four twenty seems rather short under those circumstances. But the market really ref- reflects. You, you can have an A, B, and a C quaddy here, I reckon, Dan, because you've got. Would you? Would you? Would you really want to leave Bromwich out? Would you want to leave? On a powder Keg is, uh, comes with Nurofen these days, but would you want to leave him out entirely? Would you want to leave Hatchback out? Would you want to... At 61 and 11, I know he's not going as well, but with his standing start record over a long trip, would you want to leave Robbie Royale out? It feels like one of those races where um, if one of those horses won and you didn't have them, you wouldn't be on great terms with yourself.
1: Oh, that's right, and and I think we've learned our lesson over many years, as I'm sure most of our uh, listeners uh, have as well. When it's a stand-start trotting race, it's the leg you should be prepared to go wide in, and even then, sometimes you don't go wide enough unless you take field, which is almost uh, a certain way to make sure the favourite wins. We've all been there, done that, but those, uh, those standing-start races... Uh, uh, a tricky at the best of times and that's probably perfect for the a and b quaddy and uh, take what you like in the a quaddy and, and just throw everything else in because the race can change very quickly uh, after the start
2: now you've spoken at length um both via this forum and, and a, a a myriad or myriad forums about um falling in love with horses and particularly their their physicality sometimes their cadence well i don't know what it is about interview you don't Sometimes he doesn't even quite look like a horse out there. He's he's <laughs> like he's he's just an octopus, and he's I don't know. His shoulders seem oversized. He's got a he's got a head. He just wants to roll his head down. Um, but there's something about him that um, I, I just love him, and he's brutally, brutally tough. There've been a couple of races where. He's won and it looks like he's done far too much work and yet he holds him by exactly the same margin over the last 150 metres. Is he 100% trustworthy? Absolutely not. But if he does everything right, I think he'll be winning this race.
1: Yeah, look, he's pretty exciting to watch at times. Uh, He's uh, one of those horses that, uh, look, game could be over before it begins sometimes, but when he's in the race, he can do everything. It's almost like a, a swimming uh, medley uh, he can do every sort of gait and even other uh, gaits that you've never seen before um, within harness racing galloping or whatever it might be so uh, he'll give you a run for your money he's very good if they ever work him out um, and look to be fair he won first up and he got the job done but uh, and you know the horse he beat it, the horse he beat is a very good trotter I was so impressed with him at Melton, Elder Dino oh. um, on on Monday. Dino, I, I think I made mention in the call. Dino's like Dino saw dinosaur. He's a big boy, Elder Dino, and he he's a good horse. And the interview, uh, he beat him. So uh, I think this horse is, is top shelf. He uh, needs some consistency there. He's not always going to be the betting proposition. but He'll probably always be the first pick.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm even tossing up in my own mind what price I'll require. To have a better name I've made him, crazily enough, I've made him the best on the card because I've got a funny feeling just with his quirks, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they might just give me something to work with. In terms of the remainder of the field, a lot of them have been racing against each other and trying to work out who's who in the zoo is not really very easy. Tipsy-turvy, Maestro, Kai Valley Hacienda scooting around, Central Otago, they've all sort of... Um, Handed it around a little bit of recent time. Central Otago's the uh if Central Otago and Interview are racing next to each other at some point during this race, Interview might end up being on top of Central Otago because uh Central Otago is only the little thing. Scooting around's another big boy in this race. Have you got a clear second or third pick, or is it one of those races where we just um we 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 throw a few into the mix for the uh for the podium positions?
1: Probably. I Look, I tipped uh, the 12 uh, for second, that scooting around. Uh, what else have I got? Five tipsy-turvy. Shouldn't be underestimated, at least to run a place. But, but of course, uh, we're really looking at an interview not being able to perform at its best. I think uh, one-on-one interview wins. Uh, but a lot of the times he can make mistakes, he does things wrong, and therefore he can be his own worst enemy, as we've identified. So nine, 12 scooting around, five tipsy-turvy. And I tell you, another horse I've had a lot of time for, I'm not sure it's delivered, but I, I'm not giving up that its best is still yet to come, and that is Quake Proof, yeah, number I knew, three. I knew, I knew you were gonna say Quake Proof. There's no doubt the ability's there. Yeah, no doubt at all. Uh, it's just when you look at his record, four from 45, It's a bit underwhelming because he is a much better horse than that. Uh, But I think he's an old style type of trotter that gets better with experience. And I think he's in the right hands for that to happen as well with McBarbie and Emery Conroy. So uh, he'd be the sort of horse that could win this race at $15, probably with interview making a mistake. But uh, he's a horse I would definitely be throwing into the quaddie. 9.12.53.
2: I'm going nine, five, twelve and thirteen. Nine, five, twelve and thirteen. So tipsy turvy best drawn of the um, the peloton I guess if, he, if I'm going to put interview head and shoulders above the rest and he, 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 well, his shoulders would be up there as well um, scooting around in for third and central Otago for fourth we're six races down three to go on the Geelong and we'll duck back and have a look at Tabcourt Park Melton as well Patrick texts in great trainers work out how to best prepare each horse on their own merit and I think that's what Tubbs has done with one overall I think you are correct time for a break more Friday form panel here on SEN track coming up straight after this Welcome back
0: to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736.
2: Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Patrick, and a cheeky self plug do you or Dan think. He's the mighty spin, could find the pegs behind Tipsy Turvy and run into the top four or MO, waiting till he returns from the next spell and finds another few lengths from Patrick.
1: Dan. <laughs> uh, I love that. There's a bit of tongue and cheek about that, I think, too. I like that. Um, look, he could, you know. Um, he, he, look, that sort of form line... Um, is okay and yeah look it's a chance he's got the gate speed i agree so and i yeah yeah that does make sense actually i'm starting to think he might be worth throwing in for the trifecta <laughs> or first four. <ball. laughs>
2: that was easy patrick wasn't it uh yeah no i i think he can get across uh, to the pigs first i don't know what's going to happen there i it totally it wouldn't totally blow my mind if we's bang dan flew out and uh and secured the, the lead. I'm just... Uh, Tipsy Turvy's not a, not a moral leader in that race. I don't know. And if uh, they get on their bike with the interview qu- quickly enough, he might just take over. But, yes, I think you might be first in the peaks, Patrick. So it's, it's a tick-tick from Dan and I. Now, there's another Dan uh, coming up here, and I really want your opinion. Uh, so there's Dan Malicki and then there's Mac Dan. I have got to say, maybe I was naive... Um, I, I, I don't normally consider myself naive, but I certainly did not expect this horse to turn up at $2.10. W- what does what your price marking say here, Daniel?
1: I had him $1.90. Oh, um, my Lord. <laughs> I just thought he leads, he wins. I, I, and I don't say that simply because he's got the good barrier draw. This is a horse that's won over... All of his recent racing has been at top level races. I know Newcastle Mile is a mile, and distance wise, he ran fourth in a, in a Hunter car. I mean, this is a seriously good horse. Um, yeah. And just because his figure form doesn't look that fantastic, the important thing, he's had one run back from a spell. It was in a, in a Victoria Cup, and, and that run just brings him on. He gets the gifted barrier draw, and to, to a slight degree, just to a slight degree, with no rock and roll do there, or an expensive ego, he, he probably drops back a half a length, yet gains a couple of lengths because of the good gait. There's nothing on that front line that could hit him off if if he goes you know i would rate him above the horses that um fought out the maryborough cup of of emmers when he's got a barrier draw like that now if he's going to go around and run a 54 half which i'd say he's quite capable of doing who could beat him there's only one other horse that i thought could beat him Would be interest free, and as the three year old, whether or not he's tough enough to be able to chase him down in that sort of quarter uh, and a max delight who could be three back the pegs, but to then make up two lengths in that sort of time, he's my best bet of the night, Mac Dan. Um, He just stood out. I didn't have to have a scotch for this race, it just made sense. But I reckon the pegs is going to be the place to be, so I've tipped one eight nine. Better be the bomb is flying. He just needs a bit of luck and a good gate. He might be able to run into a place. I still thought his effort the other day in the Maryborough Cup was excellent. So was Seb's choice's run. But he's got the, uh, the bad gate again. One best bet of the night from eight, nine, and ten.
2: Okay. Um, all right, this is good. This is good because we, we, we like a diversity of opinion. So my, the, the question marks that I had around MacDan, I thought the, the first up run was really good. At, it's only the one run. Now, is he a better horse leading or is he a better horse following a helmet over a long trip? I think he's clearly fourth and under cup. He loves a long trip. Um, I'm not worried about that. In fact, I think he might be better over a long trip than he is over a short trip, which sounds insane given that he is Newcastle mile winner. But I'm thinking, second up from a break, does he want to take a trail on something? And if he doesn't, now, will he go West's first two runs back from a break were. Very good off pace. Probably his best runs on Australian soil off pace. But is there not some sort of chance here, Dan, that Nathan, Jack, uh, the, the, the team just decide, I'll tell you what, we know we go a million times better in front. Um, Dan's only had the one run back. We just attack and attack and attack until we get the front. And if we don't get the front, well, there's going to be some carnage at the top end, or do you not see that being a possibility of happening?
1: Go West hasn't raced for a month. His last run was the the, uh, Kilmore Cup. So I tend to think with a month off, with all due respect to to where the horse is coming from, um, I don't think you could afford to do that over this trip after not having had a run for a month. I think it's too hard to use up that sort of energy early on. Um, He would need to get across in the first couple of hundred. I can't see it happening. Mac Dan's just got so much natural speed um, he could have one leg tied behind and he could still lead everything else outside of him. So I, I think that's highly unlikely unless Mark Pitt and the Connections thought, well, we get the right horse to sit behind, we'll take the trail because we're confident we would outsprint sprint them anyway. But Mac Dan's a, a naturally gifted gate speed horse that is a good leader, a good stayer. I and mean, you've got barrier one. I can only see one possible scenario here.
2: This is beautiful. Uh, declaration job from Dan Malecki with his namesake, the eponymous MacDan. I am going with uh, Triple Eight on top. Uh, people say I, I love this horse. To be honest, the love affair sort of ebbed and flowed of more recent times, but he's the one that's had one more run behind his belt. His third up from a break. His run in the Victoria Cup was very good. It was an improvement on a very good first up run. Uh, he rarely ever draws to be close enough. Now, the, the key with Triple Eight, in my opinion, He's got uh, – and Greg Sugars has been really open about this. He's got a relatively short, sharp, dazzling burst of speed. So if he's too far off the speed and he's not within striking distance, that's his issue. And if he has to do work to get into uh, a striking role, that's a problem. Here, I don't think either is going to happen. I think he's going to settle 1-1 one, one on something here and 1-2 uh, very worst. He'll be close enough. They will need to run a little bit if um, if Dan Maliki's – um, case that he's outlined, if that scenario plays out and they're running home in 54 no one's betting the leader, I don't think Mac Dan, I've just got that little tiny query that he is second up from a break over a long trip, so I'm going with Triple Eight. Um Mac's delight is absolutely ablaze, cannot draw a gate, I personally think this horse, even though he was um, a multiple group one winning three year old, a Derby winner, a Victoria Cup winner in 2021 I think he's in career best form you just can't you just can't get into a race at the moment. Um, but I think if this trailing draw turns out to be a good trailing draw, and they do run along a little bit and there's some pressure, he can win MacDan in for third for me. But um, I, am, I have been swung a lot. I feel like there's a Chinese burn that I'm looking at on my right forearm at the moment from Dan Maliki when it comes to Mac Dan. And Torrid Saints flying, but that draw just makes life incredibly, incredibly difficult. The key here, Dan, really, basically the race can only be run one of two ways, and if it's run the way you expect, well, it rules out, well, according to you, it rules out every other runner bar one, but it rules out virtually the whole field anyway because if they dictate terms and they run home in a slick final half, we've seen this movie before enough times, haven't we? You just, you can't make up the ground.
1: Yeah, not, not when they're running those sorts of times, and Geelong's that sort of track at this level... It's even harder to make up the yeah. ground away from the pegs if they're going to be running fifty-four on the pegs. It's seriously, you know, you got to go nearly a second quicker for the last half mile. It's impossible, just about impossible. Um, Interest free needs to hold leaders back, but I have seen him go rough. It's every now and then he's done a few things where he hasn't scored up fantastically and he's gone a bit funny. So if that spot opened up and Triple Eight ended up there, his chances obviously improved significantly. And I think that's the only way that Triple Eight could win. Uh, he can still run well. He's a very good horse. Macdan would have to underperform in my eyes for a few others to win. Not that the other horses in the race aren't better than him. It's just that advantage with that barrier draw. I'm thinking you will get a soft lead. It's it's so many positives uh, for Macdan, whereas a few of the others that could have a slim chance of winning it need a few things to work out. Um, and Triple Eight, if he got Behind the leader, his chances improve significantly. Were you thinking that was a possibility of occurring?
2: I, I thought it. I thought it was, but um, the only thing is, uh, we know that Triple Eight himself. I mean, he's not that quick, is he? So he's, no. he, he he would need to interest free would need to make a significant um, or be very rough in his gate early to give the room to Triple Eight to get in because we know that if he's used up at all early in his races at all. Then he's cactus at the uh, at the other end. Uh, the other one's off the, the front line with a little bit of gauge speed. Bulletproof boy has it, but probably won't use it. Tango Tara probably tries to get up on the scene. Will he go west? Maybe, maybe not. So it's a um, you're making a very, very compelling, cogent, strong argument here. And I think
1: you've just got MacDown will be a dollar fifty.
2: We'll take Friday form panel listeners, take the two ten now for crying out softly. Because it is not going to last, according to Dan Malecki, when he makes a declaration like that. It's almost invariably right. Let's move on to race eight. Uh, This is another bit of a... Well, this is the biggest head-scratcher of the night because we don't know where Kowalski analysis is exactly at, Dan.
1: Yeah, and we don't know if if Polly switched the the electricity on either. So... um, (laughs) I, I agree with you. I, I, I've, I've sort of defaulted to Kowalski analysis, new stable, um, same connections, uh, I think, isn't it? Um, yes, yep. Uh, and, and he's competed at the highest level. He's first up. I looked for every other horse in the race to try to beat him because you know what I'm like with horses first up. I couldn't come up with what you would consider a compelling argument for an individual to beat him. So I put the seven on top. Maybe as a collective they could, um, but I thought uh, quality-wise that uh he could get away with this i mean when you think of the level of races that he's been running in kowalski analysis it's not as if he is resuming in a group one race or a group two race he's mm. coming into effectively a, a benchmark race which offsets the fact that i think he's first up so he, he's the one to beat vincenzina uh going well Polly put kettle on, and and Dad and Dave in the mix, but seven, six, three, and eight. One that I'm I'm happy to tip, uh, and unless it got out to a, a a price that I found attractive, I suspect he might be too short, and I'm not sure he he'd be the sort of horse I'd want to be having something on at a dollar forty. But you know, sometimes I'm shocked with some of these prices, whether you get on early or there could be a drift. So I, I'm not sure I'd be prepared to want to save my money to back Kowalski analysis, but it makes sense that he should be winning the race.
2: It does, Uh, and you speak of the quality of races that he's been in. Well, uh, going back a year and a half ago, he was third in uh, Chariots of Fire behind Expensive Ego, um, going sub 149. That's how good a horse this horse is. Uh, I think they could afford to balance up and roll forward or go back, and he's got that kind of speed. We spoke about Beckley Park, and it's not easy to make ground, but he's one of those point-to-point, freak speed, push-button horses, Kowalski analysis. Uh, And that's all he might have to do here. So I would watch the markets here to see if there's a move because particularly for quaddies, I reckon, Dan, because you've got two ways of, of going about this. We've got three, I reckon, actually. One is to have a staggered quaddie with Kowalski analysis one out and then play a few others. The other is to throw them all in the mix and sort of half hope he gets beaten. And if you see a significant drift here and you want to be really brave and courageous, just leave him out. Just leave it, yeah. j- j- just, you're allowed to do that. He, 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 he can be taken on. If, if you get the vibe that this is not going to be the night, first up from a break, uh, and you take him on, um, you're going to exponentially in, increase your dividend through the quaddy.
1: Yeah, look, I totally agree. And that's right, it is the last leg of the quaddy as well. So maybe you do want a backup or two just to give you that opportunity of a bit of value there because if there's ever a horse you're going to take on that hasn't had a lot of racing over the last couple of years, his first up from a spell, um, you know, this could well be the horse, but he could come back and just you use it as a trial Uh, There is a scratching in the race. Idle Times has come out, and I've just updated the screen. It might be worth going through a couple of those scratchings earlier on. Race one, scratch two in's a night, but the ten is out now, friends. So number ten is a scratching. And in the stand start, the Langtrot fine. all the scratchings there are eight, Captain McCraw, and number eleven, Tripod, uh, is out. And one over to Sun. the emergency's already been scratched from race number six. So that just might clear the picture ever so marginally.
2: So my, I will, uh, I'll replace Captain McCraw in my numbers for race four, five, seven, four, and 12. Now throwing Claudy or Claudie and Gus in for fourth. Um, after all that discussion, I'm having Kowalski analysis on top. I, I don't think there's any. From a tipping perspective, you can't really do it any other way. So I've got him on top. Vincenzina, I thought was a touch disappointing last start, but she can turn it on when she wants to. Six in for second. Third, Dad and Dave. And fourth, Ruben's plight. My number is seven, six, eight and one in the penultimate. One more race to go through at Geelong. Then we'll duck back and have a look at Victorian Harness headquarters tonight. Friday form panel, Jay bon and Dan Malecki. Here's news coming back very soon.
0: Welcome back. To the Friday Form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 499 736 736. If you want to, I can save you. I
2: can take you away from here. So Welcome back to the Friday Form panel. Hopefully you're enjoying your Friday morning, and why wouldn't you if you're a racing lover? Cox played tomorrow. We've got the Geelong Pacing Cup. And tonight, great races at Tabcorp Park Melton. We'll talk about them in a moment. First of all, we've got to get through a little obstacle called the final race at Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, Yeah, there's not much I can add here, I don't think. Dan, have you found
1: no. Coco Mia wins, I suppose? Again, it was a process of elimination race. And I apologise for some of the connections, but I just found it really challenging uh, horse getting to a, a new stable. We, we, we just have this, um, I think, a fixation and a. And a um, expectation that the horses, they they go to Emma Stewart's and they can improve, but that can be dicey because horses are, are short odds and you can get sucked into them and it not necessarily where the case, but I think um, uh, Coco, me, it comes into a, a, a winnable race. It's not as if um, uh, the class rise is too significant, if indeed it's a class rise at all, but um, I think she's the one we're obviously most respectful of uh, and there's a number of reasons why. Uh, also, Perhaps one of the most progressive in the race. There's A few horses there that have had a bit of experience and um, have plateaued in, in the the level of where they're at. So I think Coco Mia, the seven, seven nine eight and three, and uh, and you're right about um, a, a tricky race, but maybe it's not. Maybe Coco Mia is just simply too good.
2: I I think it'll probably be the case. Has trailed seven on top of eight. I thought that win from uh, up and about uh, Warrigal, I reckon it was first up from a break, having only had the one start was. Very good. So I've got it in for second. I am Wingate third. And for me, Barrimack for fourth. Right. Let's have a look at what's uh, going to transpire tonight. Now, there's a lot of good races. But the couple that I want to focus on, first of all, um, the Alderbaran Park True Roman Trotters Free For All. This is a really good race. And I must admit, I'm surprised to see Elder Baron Zeus favourite. But it started, well, it opened $2.80. It's out of 3.20. <laughs> I wish, I wish I hadn't killed that fish. I wish I'd seen I'm Ready Jed at $8.50. It's into $3.70. And Nathan Jack telling everybody that will listen that I'm Ready Jed is um, going to be very, very, very hard to beat in the Inter-Dominion Series and has come back better than ever, which is frightening for her rivals. And Olavici at $3.30, um, most intriguing race and lots of gates bit off the front row. Yeah,
1: there is. Um uh, yeah, yeah. I must say 8.50, I'm ready, Jet. That's, um, that's perplexing. Um, that, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, but 3.70, it's, it's probably found its right price. Uh, now I, I liked Olivici. I thought his last run was excellent. Uh, I like the way he made the, has made that transition, um, to, I think, uh, the top level. It was a group one race last start. He was good. The horse that beat him was better, but is flying. Um, And I actually think the draw is is suitable. Uh, If if Chris Lang wanted to to punch through without overusing him, he could track Vacation Hills through and maybe end up in a 1-1 trail, certainly in a handy enough position without necessarily being, you know, out the back. I'm ready, jet absolutely. The difference between me tipping Olavici, he's race fit, I'm ready, jet's first up. Um, Naturally, she can win. She's so good, but she's got to get better from the run as well. So nine, seven, uh, Elder Baron Zeus, probably the barrier draw end itself for why it opened up favourite, but I wouldn't be surprised if Olavici and I'm Ready Jet uh, displaced him for outright favouritism. Uh, he could still be a, a $4 third pick or maybe even $3.80. But they're your key three chances. I think Loxley Lover can run well, um, but he really is up against the, the big boys and girls this time. And I think he can mix it in, but he might be better for it. So uh, my tips are... Nine Olavici. seven. I'm ready. Jet three. Oliver and Zeus four. Loxley Lover.
2: Yeah, seven, nine, four, and three uh, for me. And and I, I've gone on about it at infinitum of, over recent weeks, and I, I, probably you have too, Dan. But it, stunning the strength of the four-year-old. We, we, we've spoken about the four-year-old pacing brigade, but the four-year-old trotting brigade. We've got Loxley Lover here. Uh, Ultimate Stride. We've got Olavici. Um, Elder Baron Zeus, it's, and, and. Queen Alida. And these, well, I was going to say, that's only in this race. Yeah, got, yeah, it, that's it's, right. It's, yeah. Quite, it's quite staggering how it's strong true.
1: the group yeah. is. No, it's incredible. Prisian winning the, the Trotters Cup one last overall. week. Uh, one overall, that's right. We're, we're, everyone's tipping tomorrow night. The strength in the Fuera ranks is quite extraordinary. And that's why I was happy to see a three year old in the Victoria. Uh, well, I would have liked to see seen catch away from the Victoria Cup, regardless of whether you think it could win or not. But these four-year-olds, they're dominating the trotting ranks and and the pacing ranks for that matter. And the three-year-olds, which are close to being four, um, uh, that's why I think that adds that sexiness with with, uh, interest-free being in the Geelong Cup on Saturday night, if he's able to run well, and he should from the draw, if he's able to place, so there might be a few other trainers with three year olds that are, you know, the right sort of three year olds. The three year olds have had enough experience and got enough quality to compete at that, that higher level and give them opportunities. Because I, one thing about the, the Victoria Cup, and, you know, I think this is important, and I agree, over the years, been the great race, been my favourite race, always been referred to as the cox plate of harness racing, but the cox plate uh, can have three year olds in it. It doesn't this year, but you know we talked about octagonal before. If the Vic Carp can't have three-year-olds, we can't refer to it as the Cox Plate. There was an opportunity to have one this year, missed the boat. Whether you thought Catch a Wave could win or not, he would have been a six or seven-dollar shot if he drew the front line, um, and I think those opportunities won't happen too often when a derby final's on the same night. So just pick another race to associate the Victoria Cup with and that'll be fine. But I think we should avoid using it as the Cox Plate of harness racing. Oh,
2: that, that was impassioned. I, I tell you what I I find really intriguing, Dan, is that uh, I was with you and we discussed it um, pretty thoroughly in the lead up to the Victoria Cup knowing that um, a Wave hadn't qualified for the derby final. It it This subject is Incredibly vexed for reasons that I don't one hundred percent understand. Um, there's people who I very much respect the opinion of that are vehemently in the other in the other column to us who are saying, you know, there's no way he deserves to be in. We're saying absolutely it to be so great for the race. It's weird. There's not many issues I don't think in racing or harness racing in particular where there's such a, a strong impassioned difference of opinion, particularly with people who you feel like you're on the like a similar page as, because I'm with you. There's no doubt in my mind for the glamour of the race, and not only that, you wouldn't throw a three-year-old in for no reason. Now, they've done that in the Cox Plate before, and it's actually worked out to throw Maidens in, haven't they, to the Cox Plate? But,
1: yeah, Maidens won it, Seamus Award.
2: Yeah, but this is – like, Catchaway was definitely good enough. Like, it wasn't some sort of um, – hoax or some sort of tokenistic thing or a a promotional or a marketing exercise, he was good enough to be in it. And as you mentioned, market-wise, he would have been in the running.
1: Well, that's right, and that, look, the communication. I think, and I'm not having a crack at anyone in particular, but communication between the tab, particularly if they're putting out um, fixed odds prices in the lead up to big races, Victoria Cup, Inner Dominion, uh, Hunter Cup, those sorts of races. If there's a horse that's in the market, you know, decisions have got to be made, or, or an awareness there that you know it's unlikely it's going to get into the top twelve. You know, all right, it might be pre nominations and that sort of stuff. But when people see a horse that eight or nine dollars for a Group One race on the third or fourth line of bet. You're naturally expecting in the harness world that it's going to start. We, we had that, um, what was the feature race, the Great Southern Star this year? A week before the Great Southern Star, a Kiwi horse who was never going to come was the $3 favourite. So that communication, whoever is going to be responsible for that, because we want people, if they're going to have a bet on a pre-post race they they need to have some assurance that that horse is a coming from new zealand it's definitely going to start in the race otherwise I, I think we should be honoring the horses that are higher up in that market now sometimes it's not always applicable but punters are misled then they get put off at putting futures bets on why would you
2: i 100 agree I w- the only thing i will say and I, I i suspect you'll agree it's the administrations have got to communicate. But it is the responsibility of the wagering service providers to have some, sort of, like, have some sort of idea around what's going on. Because, I mean, when there's so much media around uh, horses, where, where you're coming on radio or TV and talking about a horse is not even in the country any longer. Might have gone yeah. across to America yeah. in Lock and Barra's case. Yeah. Th- they need to be feel like they need to be good enough to be at least their finger on the pulse to some degree so they haven't got that horse leading a major race market. We'll go for a break, come back. Now, if you've got the 8.50 about uh, I'm Ready Jet, that's one thing. Treachery opens $16 in League 2 of the Elizabeth Clark Triple Crown Series for the Mayors. We'll talk about that with Dan Malek on the Friday Form Panel when we return.
0: Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on oh four
1: double nine seven three six
0: seven three six. One more time, just do it
2: again. Do it again. You've had an up and down music day, Tom Bang. I've got to tell you, you've had it. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Don't know what that is. <laughs> I feel like I'm. Uh, as, oh, don't tell me that. I actually love Robin. Oh, I feel bad now. All right. Uh, Yeah, thank you for making me feel bad. Right, Um, leg two of the Elizabeth Clark Mayor's Triple Crown Series, the Angelique Club pace. Now, I've got a very good feeling you'll be um, tipping and declaring, ladies, in red here, but uh, after their runs on Victoria Cup night in leg one of the series, the Mate Mine Cullen, treachery opening opening $16. You talk about horses heading futures markets um, when they shouldn't be. Uh, Well, that's just... That's a, that's an awful blue, isn't
1: it? Yeah, well, maybe slap on the wrist for us. We should know better. It happens all the time, and we still can't pick it up. Sixteen dollars, you've, you,
2: you've got about you've got about thirty nine seconds, and then you and then you got nine dollars, and you've got another forty two seconds for that. Unfortunately, I, I I could never. My fingers don't work quickly enough. I don't think Dan, because uh, I I never seem to get the top price, but that is just like let's be really clear. I think. You know, we know that ladies in red's the benchmark. Uh, Maybe tough till he's clear second and, and treachery's still third. But if you base it on their last run and just how far treachery's come, it's just she couldn't have been $16 in, in, in any alternate universe that I can imagine.
1: No, no, not, not at all. Totally agree with you, even if she was still third favourite. Um, but, and, and I think the market's got it. Her, you know, close enough to being right. Her, her run in defeat that was her career best run when she ran oh. third to Tough Tilly last start. That was her best run. Oh, it was miles. even better than all of that sequence of wins. Yep. Um, it reinforced that she might have improved more than than Ladies in Red and Tough Tilly. If Ladies in Reds improved two lengths, Tough Tilly's improved three lengths. Treachery had improved six, and I think that was highlighted. Maybe she has to improve another length or more to to beat a, a Ladies in Red and a Tough Tilly. But um, I think on last start, um, you would be. Well, I don't know if you'd be happy to take the 460 now, but you can still make a good case that um, she uh, she was probably the best of the three runs in that race, not a, not um, uh, wanting to let Tough Tilly's performance go unnoticed because she still run the time, and ladies in red, well, she couldn't go any better than what she did, having to come around from the back row and sit without cover running that sort of time. A longer trip this time, but I, I think does that... I think it advantages Ladies in Red more. It doesn't disadvantage Tough Tilly, and and Tiff, Tough Tilly is a, a top filly. Um, yeah. But she's the draw. Even though all three are drawn the back row, uh, the horse that is most advantaged, I think, is Ladies in Red. Um, Treachery's record over the short trip is much better. Um, in fact, that was the first time she ever got beaten over that short trip, wasn't it? Last time, and probably ran her career best uh, race. That's not to say she's uh, highly effective at 2200 but I reckon this is the hitting zone uh, it's the uh, the Goldilocks it's just right isn't it um, for for ladies in red here uh, in my mind, which doesn't shock you you're saying you tell us something you don't know but I'm going eleven ten and nine. Um, but treachery absolutely it was way over the odds. Eleven, ten, and nine. The most difficult aspect I had here was who was going to run fourth, and I've put in Doug's bait, number four.
2: Um, ladies in red, yeah, sh- th- should be winning it. She was magnificent. <clears throat> the ke- probably one of the keys here, after we- all we've said about treachery, is that uh, she was hard fitted and tough. Tilly and ladies in red are both going to improve. I think the on- I think the only way we get a a really close contest here, Dan, is if um, if one of the two can get on their bike really quickly, and create that that space um, that you try and do, but ladies in red, the th- the thing about the dominance of these um, fillies now mares is that ladies in red will have no consternation getting around and, and being where she needs to be, and that longer trip definitely suits her down to the ground. Uh, you never get a price now because of the the um, the aura that surrounds ladies in red, so you're getting only a dollar fifty, but at the same time. She should be winning. I'm going 11, 10, and 9 as well. I'll tell you, uh, maybe not for this grade, but I did mention, uh, first up for the new stable, going back weeks and weeks ago, um, this six-year-old man named Sarah Ann, um, and was kind of a little bit worried, thinking, oh, I want to watch a market move, was beaten by 25.5 metres on that occasion. But the last couple, that last win in 155.8 over the middle trip at melted. This might not be the right race, but... Gee, she's flying, uh, Sarah Ann.
1: Yeah. Look, she was tough. I must admit, I thought there was momentum emerging that was going to get past her, and then she rallied and still produced a really slick last quarter. And she worked a bit early, didn't she? She worked a bit early to make herself vulnerable. So she's got speed, she's got toughness, um, and she's still rising through the grades. And we get a better idea of where she's at because of the opposition she's up against tonight, and... um, um, look, she can run really well. I, I think it's probably beyond her, but, you know, she ends up running a good fourth or somehow splitting uh, the the fancied three. Um, you know, some big wins in store for her.
2: Final break of the Friday form panel coming up right now and when we return best bets from Dan Malecki and I for both of these meetings. Tabcorp Park tonight and also Geelong Pacing Cup night tomorrow night.
0: Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN track. Text us on 049
2: When the world is on your shoulders. And the weight of your own heart is too much. Too bear, Well, I know that you're best bets on the Friday form panel. Um Dan Mulliggy. We'll start with Friday. We'll start with tonight. What are, what are your best for tonight?
1: I like Lombo Heaven, race Mm. 10, number nine. Try to find something that wasn't too short. There's a few horses I like tonight, but uh, are too short. So trying to find the one that's at the right value. I still like St. It Ain't So Joe in the first, so maybe he's the each-way play. Only reservation I have with him, he had to be scratched last week. And with all the floods, you just wonder whether they've got enough work into him and whether he's vulnerable or any of those horses for that matter. So that's the only thing that stopped me from picking him as the best. But I think he can still win. I think he's flying, say it ain't so, Joe. But my best at Melton is uh, Race 10, number nine, Lombo Heaven. Did you want long now or did you want to do your Melton first?
2: Well, I have really got a bit. I haven't uh, done the, the, um, the forensic form that there's two at a price that I don't mind at Meldon, and they're both love children of mine, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, Beach Memories in race three, number nine at $5. Uh, Chris Elford to take the drive for David Moran, and another one of my love children. I think there could be a bit of heat in that first leg of the quaddie, and uh, Huli Nien, who's um, – I have Huli Nien, and you have better be the bomb and, and never the twain <laughs> shall meet. But uh, I'll uh, I'll take Huli Nien, at value at seven fifty. Now we'll move on to Beckley Park tomorrow night, Dan.
1: My best is Mac Dan in the Cup, race seven, horse number
2: one. I've, I've virtually I've – been, I've been listening to you for um, – you don't want to hear this, but decades. I've now been working with you for a fair period of time. I'm not sure I've ever heard you more confident about a horse, ever.
1: Now that you've highlighted that, makes me want to retrace my steps a little bit. But it just stood out to me, and for the reasons that I gave before. Maybe I'm wrong about it starting at $1.50, but that's what price I – I have thought that he could end up starting simply because that uh, he's got everything in his favour. He'd have to underperform, I think, to not win that race. And I'm not taking anything away from the other horses. We know how good they are. Worthy uh, horses that could win this race any other year with the right barrier draw, I just think dan has got the barrier draw that he must win from.
2: Uh, I, I'll live to regret this, um, but again, I've fallen in love with the interview. He's going to be my best of the night. And I think both Dan and I are very confident with one overall as long as he doesn't do anything silly, but first up from a break, he didn't begin quickly, but he began safely, and that's the critical key. He's got a 10-metre advantage on most of his major rivals. Are you calling both tonight and tomorrow night, Dan?
1: Uh, look, I've had uh, I've had to take tonight off, unfortunately. I'm a, I'm a late scratch and got a few little um, things uh, that I've had to uh, attend to, which has upset the, the family a bit with our animals. So I'm out of play.
2: I'm very... Sorry to hear that, Dan. Uh, that, they are they are very special members of the family these these days. Um, always have been, really. I think the first time I ever really lost it was uh, when my first uh, dog, unfortunately, passed away, the beautiful lady, my Dalmatian, when I was a kid, and I ran down the street, and it was, the um, at the time, the worst thing that had ever happened to me, and it's never, ever, ever easy. So I'm very sorry to hear that, but tomorrow night's going to be a crack. I can't wait to get down at Geelong. They've done more than a million dollars of uh of worked down there and they've had a hard time in recent years Geelong so hopefully we want to see them back on track because I remember going there in the late 90s and the early 2000s and it was a buzzing atmosphere so hopefully we get that tomorrow night Dan can't wait to see you out there
1: um, yeah great night I think they're all booked out with their reservations uh, so you know well done to John Dunn he's done a great job and he should have a terrific night and a great attendance
2: good on you Dan there's the great Dan Malecki uh, our, our hearts go out to him at the moment Fitz's Form Lounge coming up very soon and then after that Trackside with Cam, Luke and Sammy Hyland. Enjoy the rest of the day, people. Love yourselves.